Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome again to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, on today's podcast, we have a special treat. Josh Griffin of Download Youth Ministry has dropped by virtually to have a conversation about all things student ministry related. And so I'm excited to share that interview. But before we get to that, let me encourage you to do two things. Number one, check out the Student Ministry Workers Retreat that's coming up in Conway, Arkansas. It is going to be set for September the 11th, 2021. We've got Jeff Borton of Long Hollow Baptist Church of Hendersonville, Tennessee, is going to be sharing with us. He's just recently finished a book called Your First 100 Days in Student Ministry. So check that out. You can find that through our website at studentministrymatters.com. Now, the other thing that I want you to do is to check out cbc.edu. Now, what is that? That's the website for Central Baptist College of Conway, Arkansas. They're our sponsor, and they are a great place. If you're looking for a school for one of your students to have a Christ-focused education, CBC is the place for them to check out. So look at Central Baptist College, that's cbc.edu, or perhaps you're looking to finish a degree on your own, and they offer what's called their PACE program. That's a way for you to grow and to learn and to finish a degree. Josh Griffin has 25 years of experience in the trenches of youth ministry and is currently serving as a junior high pastor at Mariner's Church. He's co-founder of DownloadYouthMinistry.com and a consultant for youth specialties. He also works with ThinkOrange.com. He's a popular speaker and a host for youth ministry events around the country. He's the author of several books, including 99 Thoughts About Small Groups, And he owns a Star Wars website to show he's well-rounded. I love that piece. Well, let's listen together as I talk with Josh. Well, hi, Josh. Thanks for being on the podcast with us. Absolutely. Thanks for the invitation, Dan. Love it. Well, Josh, I know a little bit about you from bios that I've read, from things that I've seen on the internet. I know that your, your connection to Download Youth Ministry... Could you just tell our viewers a little, or sorry, not viewers, can you tell our (laughs) listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Well, my name's Josh, and I've been in youth ministry for a long, long time. (laughs) (laughs) I started at a church in Michigan, was there for eight years, and made every mistake in youth ministry you can make, and then came out to a church in Southern California, Saddleback Church, uh, for 13 years and started an organization called Download Youth Ministry to help youth workers with resources. Because every week I was like, I got to create a game. I got to create a message. I got to find a video. It was just the grind. And uh, created a resource company to help with that. And then just recently, just before COVID, uh, praise the Lord, uh, it became the junior high pastor at Mariner's Church, also here in Orange County, California, where I'm still based. So 
been doing youth ministry 25 years, have made all the mistakes, and uh, I have summer camp next week, so I'm going to make more mistakes. <laughs> I was just going over my budget and uh, still doing a great job on spending every penny the church will give me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let- well, Josh, um, you know, Southern California, that's actually where my wife hails from. She hey, grew up go. in Riverside. Um, yeah. she, we have family in Marina Valley as well as a few other places. And so just recently um, I was out there, I had a chance to attend Saddleback for the very first time. There you go. And so um, where's Mariner's Church? Mariner's about, uh, I live literally next door to Saddleback. You can see it from my backyard. And I drive past it every day to Mariner's now, which is funny. But for, uh, it's, it's maybe 20 minutes away. So in oh, okay. California, you can't really measure by miles because the traffic no. is so insane, but it's only a few miles away, but it's minimum of 20 minutes. So, okay. well, excellent. excellent. <laughs> and that's pretty good in California, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think my, I, I'm, I, I'm a youth ministry lifer for sure. Not that everybody has to be by any means. I'm thankful for anyone who spends any time mentoring the next generation, reaching kids for Jesus. I'm all about it. Like I know there's, and and Dan, obviously you've got gray hair. You've been in this a while too. You're, (laughs) you're not new to youth ministry, Nope. (laughs) but I'm thankful for anybody who will invest time with kids. Like praise the Lord for you. Go on to be a senior pastor. Great. We need senior pastors who have youth ministry experience and who get it. You go to be a missionary. Awesome. But, but I'm a lifer and uh, I, I used to joke, Hey, All you have to do is stay around youth ministry five or 10 years and you can start to teach it. And then after five or 10 years, I was like, oh, that was a joke, but it's kind of real. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that have have come and gone and it's fun to still be in it and helping, you know, an ongoing generation of youth workers reach kids for Jesus. So honored to be on the show. Thanks for thanks for having me. Oh, definitely, definitely. L- let me ask: Is as a student yourself, when way back, way back when, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was there somebody that really invested in you and poured in you and your spiritual walk? Yeah, great question. Um, and I, I like to think of them often because they were formative. They were life changing to me. My one of I, I could list two or three women, two or three men, pretty quickly. Uh, but I'll pick one. Jim was his name. He was a volunteer firefighter and a volunteer youth pastor. So I actually have no idea how he made money in his life. <laughs> how did he pay the bills? I don't know. But he was a decent firefighter and a great youth worker. And he was mid 40s and no one will ever know his name. He was ne- never going to write a book, never going to be famous, but just loved teenagers. And so had plenty of fun events for us and taught us about Jesus, modeled um, what Jesus was like to us, had his fair share of problems too. It wasn't like he had it all together and was perfect, like had a normal Christ follower, you know. But we were over at his house a bunch. We did a bunch of bowling and roller skating, and I learned a lot about Jesus and faith and walking with him um, from Jim. So yeah, and I would say Dan and Carol and Susan could easily be added to that list as really influential youth workers in my life too. So as you kind of described the situation there, was this a larger church, a smaller church? What did that look like? No, I grew up in small town, small church my whole life Mm -hmm. and loved it. Loved There were 12 kids in my youth group. Yeah. (laughs) And they, and you know, the downside is everybody knows everybody's business. That's true. uh, You know, but 
absolutely loved it. Had a amazing church experience and summer camp every summer. And occasionally we would get to go to those larger events that were, you know, very fun to see what God was doing in a bigger scale too, with many churches getting together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, loved stuff like that as well. But man, we saw God work and we knew everybody knew everybody, which was also a wonderful thing. And you were deep in other people's lives. So now in my youth ministry experience to this day, when I started as youth pastor in Michigan, it was in a small church. So a couple hundred people. And it was literally the corner of a cornfield. And it was 40 acres of corn and one acre a church. Uh, and it was a church built at like the Civil War or something. I mean, it was a long time ago. And just kind of amazing to get to serve in a church that was very similar to how I grew up. Now, since then, I've moved on to some other maybe larger ministries, but still have the the deepest place and appreciation in my heart for, A, the youth ministry I grew up in, and B, youth workers who are serving in the cornfields, man, rural American youth ministry. That's a, that's awesome. Those are my people. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I, I, you described your your upbringing, your, your growing up in the church. And, and that describes so many of the churches that are connected with, with our tribe. Fantastic. And so it was just, it was fantastic to hear that and how God has used you not only in those early days, but you know, the bigger platform he's given you. And that's just really incredible. Well, and I would, I would say I was discontent at times. And I'm saying this as a, as a confession of sorts. Sure. Um, I was discontent because I would look and we didn't have social media and all that stuff now that makes the comparison game very real. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you go to a conference or an event or a retreat and you can't help but do some of the comparison. And I remember in particular at one point going, you know, I got 30 kids in my youth group and I'm feeling like I'm killing it. 30 is like, guys, we're in a church of 200. Like 30 is awesome. You know, we're killing the statistic. And I remember just being kind of frustrated at 30 kids. And I really learned some humbling lessons that God is going to use you where he wants you. And he's planted you where he wants you to grow. And even though I attempted to quit and run away and find and chase, he kept me there for eight years. And it was some of the richest and best years of youth ministry, more life on life, discipleship and life change. And, you know, really seeing students come to know Jesus than at any other point in my ministry. So I'm thankful for the journey, but those those years were some of the most grounding and important and I would say incredible years. And so there's definitely a special place in my heart when somebody says like, well, we, you know, we only got 12 kids. I'm like, that's that's the youth group I grew up in. Please right, be faithful, right. you know, please be faithful because I'm in that youth group and and you're going to change my life. And, you know, someone's like, ah, oh, you know, we, we had like 30 at our outreach event and it was it was really big for us. I'm like, 30 is awesome, you know. So I think sometimes we can get caught up in the lights and lasers and fog machines and, sure. and that has its place. And, I, and I'm thankful for the resources of larger churches and the influence and all that. But God is doing incredible kingdom work in your church and in your ministry and hopefully in your life, regardless of the size. And I can say that because I've, I've seen it all. I've experienced right, right. all the sizes and God works in all of them. So wherever you are, you know, I, I read a book, I'm sure it's not in print anymore, but 
It was called The Heart of a Great Pastor by H.B. London. And you, you don't have to buy it. You probably can't buy it anymore. But he had a chapter called Bloom Where You're Planted. And it rocked me. And I said, okay, God, if this is where you're planting me, I'm going to grow. And God was very, very faithful. And um, those are some great years. I still still look back with the most fondness. Well, Josh, thank you for that encouragement. Because I know that we probably have some listening today that find themselves in, in what they might consider a small student ministry. And they're just struggling with the emotions, especially now after covid um, so many families have stopped attending. Oh, um, painful right now. You're right. It is. It is. I, I had. I'm in a church revitalization uh, church myself. That's what I knew coming in. Uh, we went from one youth student that was here, and then I brought my two students who were my own kids at that point. So I had three. I mean, it was, <laughs> <laughs> and we were making progress, and then all of a sudden, COVID hit, oh. and now it's, you know, it's it's just tough. It yeah. is just tough. So thank you so much for that encouragement. Well, before I get to some of the questions about your ministry and some things like that, you live in Southern California, got to ask, because we're all about the food on this podcast, <laughs> but what is some of your favorite restaurants out there? Oh, great question. You are, We could be best friends. I've already okay. decided. <laughs> uh, well, California has Baja Mexican food. So, you know, okay. Texas yeah. has Tex-Mex or whatever. Um, I was in Arkansas a couple summers ago and there was some great, uh, crawdads, crawfish, mud bugs. There was a lot of names for them. Yeah. Right? Down towards Southern part. Yeah. I Louisiana. Was, I was a little further South at a, yeah. at a conference and it was so fun. Like, Oh, people are so nice. Anyhow, sorry. Um, so our Baja Mexican food is fantastic. So we're famous for fish tacos and like carne asada, you know, beef, uh, burritos and all that stuff. So Wahoo's is a local chain out here and it is so good. Just lots of seafood, you know, lots of shrimp and uh, yeah, it's really, really great. Then of course, in California, we have In-N-Out, which I yep. know is trickling its way out to the rest of it the country. It is, it is. Which is sad because I loved it being our thing. Uh, but it, it is, uh, we're at In-N-Out every, every week, usually with volunteers or my family or somebody. We're, we're at In-N-Out getting a burger for sure. <laughs> Well, I know that when we would visit out there, since my wife is from the area, we'd stop by and we'd get a T-shirt from In-N-Out. And it was so special because we could only get that in California. Exactly. And then it's in Dallas. And I'm like, what? Uh, That's just not right. Not right. <laughs> not right. <laughs> well, listen, there are all sorts of questions I have for you. But before we get to you know some of those type of questions. Let me ask this: Could you just tell us about the maybe the history and the ministry of Download Youth Ministry? Yeah, well, Download Youth Ministry started my buddy Doug Fields and another guy named Matt McGill, who's actually the high school pastor at my church now too. Oh, so Doug, funny. Matt, and I are all at the same church, having a blast together. Matt and Doug and I, we just started talking about like there's got to be a way. Like books are on their way out, and we sensed that, and I think. Maybe, maybe early, I don't know. Then resources were still like maybe on a CD-ROM or maybe on a jump drive. But there was just this opportunity to go, we could share stuff really fast. And what if youth ministries didn't have to like reinvent the wheel every week? You know, every week there's a program where you have all these needs in your program. But what if there was a way that we could like share stuff super cheap, always editable, but like 
prograde. So at this point, I'm at Saddleback with gobs of teenagers, gobs of resources. The the Pastor Rick funded our youth ministry really well. He was a youth pastor previously, so that influenced the way he budgeted. Like we had resources. So I'm now going, okay, Michigan, I'm a youth pastor. I got nothing. Two nickels to rub to can't do it. No resources, no money, no nothing. But I have expectations of a pretty high quality program. And here I am at Saddleback and now Mariners with lots of resources. So could we take the stuff that people are creating, not just at mega churches, but anywhere, it's great stuff that people are creating and share it with everybody and do it in a, in a way that was, you used it in a youth ministry. So it's not made in an ivory tower somewhere. It's not made in a youth ministry factory. It's made in the church, but rather than dying a digital death or, you know, cobwebs on your hard drive, it gets new life and it's shared in this marketplace. So anyhow, we started with just a few resources of our own. We invited some others and pretty soon, I mean, downloadyouthministry.com now has thousands and thousands of resources by hundreds and hundreds of authors and it's growing by the hundreds every week. So it's pretty staggering how far it's come in these few years when it was just an idea going, can we share our stuff? And what if instead of it's our stuff, what if everybody shared, you know, kind of this creator economy where everyone could be a creator. So, you know, we have a, a guy in Indiana and you've never heard of his church. You've never heard of his name, but he makes the best games and you can download them for three bucks and it's taken care of in your program, you know, or there's this gal in Florida. She is the a phenomenal writer. And her devotionals, I couldn't, it's not that it's saving me time. I don't have the ability to write that well. And you can download it for five bucks and then you can edit it a little bit and it's ready to go. So people in my youth ministry think that I'm super creative. And I really, I just downloaded stuff from DYM this week. <laughs> like, how do you come up with all this stuff? And I'm like, I'm a genius. That's <laughs> So that's now being replicated across literally thousands and thousands of churches across the U.S., across the world now. It's really fun to have seen, you know, in a weird way, it's it's maybe a stewardship issue as well because you create this resource. Let's say you're whatever, you're in Arkansas, you create a video, it takes you five hours. Well, that kingdom, that kingdom work could be now spread to tons mm, of more churches yeah. and teenagers that would experience that video for zero extra work. Um, that impact can be multiplied. So it's been fun to see it. I mean, re, uh, authors, youth pastors um, make some money as well. I mean, we're splitting a very small amount because we're trying to keep it really, sure. really inexpensive. But there's some youth workers that have found it as a little bit of a, some side income or some ways for them to take, you know, have money to take a vacation or something, which is cool. But the real value is it was used in a youth ministry it's inexpensive and you can edit it and customize it to your context immediately. So I literally use Download Youth Ministry every week, every single week. I use their apps, tools, videos, trainings, always games and uh, always the fun because that's just too easy. <laughs> right. Always the games. That's always the games. That's been my experience so far with oh, Download Youth Ministry. And it's just some of the fun games. Uh, one of my assistants for a while, she would 
she would get something. I'm like, where are you getting this from? And she, because as we talked about before we started recording, I was in a church that didn't have great internet. So it was like, if it was internet based, I kind of blew it off. Well, the cool thing about this is you can download it at home. Surely you have good internet at home. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially well, during these mobile, days. Mobile internet getting so fast too. Right. Like you could literally like download it at home, download it on your, on the drive there, start it on your iPad or whatever. It's just never been easier. Yeah. And the, the, the difficult thing is anyone could do this now. You know, the tools have caught up with this idea. But what's fun is there's such a massive community of people that are sharing and resourcing others. And, you know, when they leave a review, they leave a tip on how to host this game even better. Um, I leave reviews every week um, because I want to endorse the stuff that's awesome. So we, we've been playing Olympic games and I had a youth pastor come up to me uh, yesterday, Monday and said, Oh man, I should be doing Olympic games. And I'm like, dude, I've been doing them for three weeks. What are you talking? Cause download youth ministry has them ready. So nice. when you're thinking of like, Oh, this trend is catching on. We have a game about it, or there's a lesson on it or a series. If there's a new word in culture, that's like, what does that word even mean? We probably have a training on that already or a series entitled it or whatever. Um, yeah, I remember when squad goals, they would always squad goals. It's like, oh, you got to get some good friends. And we there's a series called squad goals or the whip or the nene. This is when we were first starting and we had a game on the whip or the nene dance move or whatever. So it also helps you be really culturally relevant and forward. Mm, yeah. So I think that's helpful as well. Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges. Uh, it's even Josh mentioned, I've got gray hair. I've been doing youth <laughs> ministry for more than a couple of years now. And to stay relevant is so difficult yeah. as you're going forward and trying to keep up. And And I've done pretty good, but I've had to be intentional all along the way. Yeah. And it's it, it just gets harder and harder. Well, so here's the best part, Dan, you're the best youth worker that you've ever been at your age, you're, you know, whatever, mid forties, just like me, you're the most valuable to your church. You're the wisest, sharpest, most experienced, but your cultural relevancy like mine is decreasing because culture is leaving me behind, but download youth ministry, because it's sourced by 20 year old youth workers, 50 year old, whatever, everything in between, you're going to be able to yeah, stay relevant way longer as your value has increased so much in your ministry because of your experience. Mm, that's just, I love it. I love it. It is cost effective. It is useful. It's a powerful tool. So, so check it out. We'll be sure and have uh, show notes, uh, a link to it so that you can get there find out and just check it out. And then you can send us questions about it. I know that Josh would be more than happy to answer some of those things. Happy so to, you bet. I do have a question before we get to our topic. Um, what would you say is probably the biggest challenge that you're facing in student ministry or not just you, but all of us who are working with students? Yeah, that's a really great question. What's what's the one thing? And I think there's probably is a whole bunch of things to be totally right. Honest. Right. I think more than ever, the, you know, COVID, I think coming back in ministry and going you know, is church relevant anymore? I think that's a fair question. Like there's definitely a bunch of, a bunch of people going, is this going to be part of my life in the future? So that's definitely a big deal. I think 
obviously, you know, gender and the questions about identity. I was talking with a mom yesterday. Her sweet daughter is asking tough questions as an 11, just turned 12 years old about, you know, is she really a she or is she more fluid and her friend is pansexual? And I'm not sure that that's the most, the biggest, but but it's high. It's high up there to to that mom. That's it for sure. So, I mean, I I think at the end of the day, um, there are a ton of, I don't know if it's, I don't think threats is the right word, but challenges that, that are ahead for us. And I think it maybe is one that hasn't changed in a long time, but I would say is, is Christianity and Jesus relevant today? Um, you, you know, kids, teenagers today have access to everything, uh, better entertainment than you could possibly give more information. And I think it's a big question that they're asking maybe subtly, um, in their hearts. I don't know that they're saying it out loud as much yet, but they will. They will be soon. Um, that is Jesus, faith, God relevant? Or is it an old, dogmatic, has-been crutch of the past? I think every generation has asked this maybe in different ways. Um, but in this hyper-information age, um, I think it's more important than ever that we keep the Bible as relevant as we can, that we teach on the tough stuff um, regularly because they're asking those questions and they're wondering and they're starting, you know, I do junior high ministry, which is super early in, you know, brain development and kids are more interested in fun and being noticed than apologetics and, you know, whatever. Um, But I want to introduce those even now because Doubt is part of faith formation. You know, questions that are shut down are ones that drive students away and they believe that it's, you know, they end up with a very shallow faith. So I would say the deepening of a genuine faith will, has been maybe, and will always be the, you know, discipling, discipling teenagers is the biggest challenge. Yeah. Yeah, Without a doubt. Yeah. You know, what is encouraging is whether you are in a church of a hundred with a youth group of six or whether you are in a much larger setting, I'm hearing a lot of the same issues we're dealing with together. And um, God has called us to this this tough work of speaking to students and and showing them that Christianity and God's word is relevant wherever they're at. Exactly. Well, that honestly, student ministry matters couldn't be more appropriate in this age. In a, in a moment where the culture is asking, does it matter? Um, it matters more than ever. Uh, and I think there probably will need to be an evolution uh, uh, to a degree of how we communicate truth. I think this generation, the the one that I'm currently trying to minister to as well, um, they need to discuss more than they need to be told. So they're gonna. We want them to land at the same conclusion. We don't want to just pool ignorance and then let them, you know, endorse everything under the sun. It's not the point. But I think that the days of a master communicator telling you this is the way it is is no longer the way students are influenced. They're influenced certainly through a talking head, through a video, through but also through podcasts and through conversation and through their peers as much as ever. So 
evolving how we do youth group and how we communicate truth, I think is part of the gig as well. Well, goodness. Thank you, Josh, uh, for that. Um, you know, there is one other thing that I want to make sure that we covered today. Um, you have a free resource that is available. I actually signed up for it myself and thought, oh, I just need to talk to Josh about this on the podcast. Right on. Um, it's a programming like a pro, and you've got it set up to where it's going to come out over five weeks, and then there's a bonus episode, but you have to sign up for it to you receive do. access. So Yeah, so uh, about a month ago, uh, right at the beginning of summer, I wrote and filmed uh, a really kind of a deep dive into how to program a youth group. And so it's like how to be good on stage. It's how to create a great program flow. It even goes kind of further out and says, take a look at your youth room and look at your stage and your room set up and your chairs and signage. Like it takes on everything um, related to youth ministry programs. And so it's totally free. It will eventually be sold on youthministryuniversity.com. You could buy it, but don't do that. <laughs> Sign up and get it totally for free, zero strings attached. Um, obviously, I mean, programming is is still really difficult to do it well. I mean, you, you go to a conference or a retreat or event, you can recognize good programming, right, uh, like right. the service flow, the emotion, the tone, the every, the professional caliber of people on stage, all of it. But programming is also the easiest it's ever been. And tools like Download Youth Ministry, um, I think can really, really help you. Like I start when I program something, I just look at the flow and I go, okay, that's a good flow. And then I just start grabbing, I'm going to use this countdown, this game, this video, and this teaching. And like, it's done. You know, the plan is done. So anyhow, it's a deep dive into how to plan, prepare, set up, be great on stage, how to debrief, how to tell if you're being effective, totally free, how to program like a pro. I'm really excited about it. This is one of my passions. Um, and it's one of the necessary evils of youth ministry. If you get in, if you get into youth ministry to help teenagers, disciple kids, I'm in. But the way that we have done that traditionally is through an hour-long weekly service. What are we going to do for that hour? And I think that after watching this course, again, completely free, uh, it will help you elevate your game like immediately. You'll be better on stage and have better programs and understand resources better literally the next day. It's super, super practical. Um, I think it's going to be funny and fun as well. And then uh, we'll see. I mean, you'll be the judge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, um, could you maybe share just a couple of the big highlights from yeah. it? I, I don't want you to teach all the way through it, of course, but yeah. uh, man, some just highlights would be great. Absolutely. I would say a great thing that we don't do is look at your youth room with new eyes. So think like a, a visitor and grab a clipboard and walk from your car door to the youth room and make sure, like some some people are like, we never have any visitors, or all of our teenagers end up in the adult service instead of coming, or whatever, you know, whatever the story is. And typically, it's because we've gone blind to our room setup and our signage because we see it every week. Like I'm sick of it. I'm in my. I'm actually recording this from my youth room right now. I'm in here way too much. Um, but when you walk through it with new eyes and we'll include like a downloadable worksheet you can print and walk through with a checklist, um, it just changes things. So that would be an example of um, 
oh, it's it's programming. You know, to me, I mean, one of the one of my favorite parts of the first session is where I say everything is the message. So mm, everything yeah. is communicating something about Jesus, faith, God, planning, safety. It's all sending a message. Now, the message where we open God's word, that's the most important message. I'm in. But it's all sending a message. So, um, you know, a parent, their first impression of you is going to be social media. So that's usually on my youth ministry list. Dude, that's way down low. But to someone scanning your youth ministry the first time, they're going to look at your Instagram or the church's Facebook or something, you know, whatever. So, I mean, it, it is uh, a really significant dive into all of those things from not just what happens on stage, but the environment that you're creating um, as well. Well, a, a little later in the course, we talk about how to be a great host. And there's a whole video called Things Not to Say on Stage. <laughs> so there's six, six things not to say. And in all honesty, I have said all of them. So it's Again, coming from yep. a place of confession, uh, but I'll give you an example. This one might be a little bit nuanced, but I think it's good. Um, when someone says, hey, welcome to youth group. So glad you're here tonight. Um, if you haven't met me, my name is Josh. Now that communicates, you know, let's say you're in it, you know, you've got a couple youth groups together or you're at a retreat or a big event, whatever. You haven't met me makes me a big deal because I'm the center of that. You haven't met me. Oh, and then you humbly introduce yourself. Okay. That's a little bit, a little bit specific, but if you were to say something like, man, before the service began, I tried to reach out and say hi to everybody. If I missed you, I can't wait to meet you right after that. And now meet you makes you, that makes the kid, makes the teenager mm -hmm. feel the okay. subject of that spotlight. So it's a little subtle thing, but every word we say is communicating a message. And so it gets that granular. I know that's a highly specific example, um, but it's that it, it goes from like, how do I plan a flow of a service so that kids pay attention by the time we get to the message? I'm going to cover it. Uh, it. It's how do I get good on stage? I don't know the first thing to say on stage, and I feel, you know, whatever, we're going to cover that all the way down to literally the words that you would say. Um, my buddy, Justin does one of the sessions. Uh, he was a, a staff member in my uh, youth ministry days at Saddleback. He and I are still great friends. And he does a session on how to know if you're being effective and is your program working? Um, there's just a ton of content, 100% for free, because every week, I've got this monster that needs to be fed. It is the youth group monster. And so right, right. I want to know how to feed it and what to feed it and how to climb that mountain every week or whatever. And um, I think this course and, uh, you know, full disclosure, this course plus download youth ministry makes a really powerful combination. So thanks for asking. I'm really excited about it. It's a lot of work. On top, well, uh, top of me running camp next week. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw the that I think that quote that everything is a message and um, just had a chance. And that, that's what really prompted the question about it, because there's so much truth to that. I mean, you you can think the same thing in your worship service and it does. But right. when you're dealing with students, you have a very small window 
And man, feelings get all out of whack real quick with students. Exactly. Well, and they're they're doing something that Malcolm Gladwell, a famous author, he says it's called thin slicing. And it's where you take this little bit of information and you summarize everything based on just this quick, you know, could be a first impression or a sentence or whatever. They're taking this thin little slice and forming the whole. And so that's happening in your youth ministry. The first word you say about a game, it, you know, if you're not excited and pumped and if you don't believe it's going to be good, it's not going to be good. If your message, you know, if you don't lead in with some hook to get them to hear the truth of God's word, we, an inductive opening, then you're going to lose a certain percentage of them. If they can't find your youth room, they can't even make a judgment about it or they have. Right. It's not important to this church. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about this course because it feels like, uh, you know, 25 plus years of youth ministry wins, fails, all of the above dumped into this thing. And um, I hope it's really, really helpful to people. Well, Josh, thank you so much for pouring into youth pastors through this. Um, I'm so appreciative, not only of that, but of, of you taking some time with us today as we've been able to hear about your ministry, a little bit about you, uh, maybe some favorite foods out in Southern California. <laughs> fish tacos, you know, it's where it's at. Fish tacos. So, hey, um, if somebody wanted to find out more information um, or be able to talk to you, communicate with you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, it's really simple. Josh at Download Youth Ministry goes straight to me, uh, or you can jump on social media at Joshua Griffin on most platforms, I, I will make time for you. It is my commitment. Like I, my church is super important to me. I'm in on my family. I'm trying to be the best dad in the world, best husband in the world, but youth workers are right there, man. I love youth ministry and would be happy to talk shop or share resources or point you in the right direction of some stuff to get you started. Um, or be a listening ear, whatever's going on. I'm, I'm in, I want to help youth ministry and because student ministry matters. See how I tied that in there, Dan? That was, that was awesome. That. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, with that, I wouldn't even have to close, but I think I probably still need to. So, hey, Josh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Right on. Um, and listeners, thank you for, for joining us as we continue the conversation about student ministry, because ultimately we know student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.